Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Neither the Time Nor the Space. Uh, my name is David and as always I am joined by the convincingly English Matt. Hello there. Or should that be good day? Good day. So we're doing one of our uh, listener pick bonus episodes. Um off the back of uh, the Weenie Big Quiz from last year. I'm really excited to be to be getting stuck into these now, Matt. Yeah, it's, it's nice to experience wider Who. Yeah. Like, literally, mean, if there's any Doctor Who I've experienced, it's been talked about on the pod. So mm. it's been fairly linear. So to look at other stuff is always good fun. Yeah, it's nice to fill in the gaps a little bit. And um, what we're talking about this week is new to me as well. Uh, we are discussing the um, pilot episode uh, or first episode of the uh, Australian uh, canine children's series mm. that was made in, was it 2009? 31st of October 2009, this episode. Yeah. Is that a significant yeah. date to you, David? Um. I, I think, because I read this on Wikipedia earlier, that's the broadcast date of the 11th hour as well. Yeah, so why not right? release yeah. this, try and piggyback on its popularity? I mean, the whole thing is one great big piggybacking exercise, isn't it? Uh, we should be clear, before we get too, too down the road of it, um, we should thank the listener who chose this for the as a subject of this episode. Uh, so thank you for their donation. Um, and that is none other than Martin McLean. Hall of Fame. Well, he's not in the Hall of Fame, is he? He's not an exact team. It's no. named after him. Named yeah. in his honour. Yeah. Is that a greater honour, or is it a, or is it a, um, is what? it a bit of a kick in the teeth? What to have a place of worship built? <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you um, what. After watching this, I fancied giving Marty a kick in the teeth. This is the <laughs> worst. Doctor Who media we've experienced, David. You're just going to go on record yeah. straight up. Like, I, I know I've said that in the past. K9 and Company is better than this. Okay, the Twin so Dilemma it's... is better than this. I can't even remember what, what? else we've watched that I've said is What terrible. about D- Dimensions in Time? Oh, I'd watch Dimensions in Time ten times over before watching this. Yeah. Dimensions shorter, in Time is, is flawed, but... It's not trying to be better than it is, really, is it? It kind of knows it's a bit crap. Yeah. This? Uh, oh, yeah. my word. And, I, I mean, the, the timing of it, uh, it, it is absolutely just trying to ride the wave that was Tenant Mania. Mm. Um, you know, Canine, back in the public consciousness, thanks to uh, the School Reunion episode of um interestingly bob baker and i think i think it's paul tam was this sort of like um his um collaborator on on this they've been trying to get a a sort of like solo canine project off the ground for years before this was made i think predating the rtd era of who really they um yeah because at the end of the day Bob Baker owns the rights. I mean, well, co-owned with Dave Martin, but but Dave Martin, I think, by this time had, had sort of sadly passed on, and um, so it he owned this, you know, globally recognised um, intellectual property 
what, you know, can't blame the man for wanting to make a buck off it. But um, unfortunately, this as a project, I think he's fairly bereft of uh, creativity. It is the most abhorrent 25 minutes of television I've ever watched, David. I don't know if I'd go that far. I feel like... If we expanded it beyond Doctor Who to all of television, what have you watched that's worse than this? You're putting me on the spot here, Matt. That's a wide pool. It's awful. It's not good. Look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to try and devil's advocate this. It's not a good piece of television. I think it... It it it, 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 I don't know how you're gonna hook an audience of kids unless it's like I don't know, arse end of the summer holidays, and there's literally nothing else on. You know what I mean? It's that kind of show. It's the sort of thing that I can imagine myself begrudgingly watching because I literally couldn't think of anything else to do with my time as as a nine year old. But I would not feel. I would not feel well catered to by it. No. So, with um, that in mind, would you give this good episode, bad episode? Uh, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad television, Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I can't even be like, oh, it's bad television, but they meant well. Because... It's not. It's a, ta- it's, it's a shameless tie-in. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, just a pure mercenary cash grab. Yeah. And um, I feel like we should hold it with all of the uh, disdain that um, that a project like that deserves. But um, yeah, there's there's stuff to talk about here. Should we just dive into it and get this over and done with? Right. So this is I don't even know what this show's called. I've called it the Canine Adventures. I think that was the working title. By the time it got to screen, it was just called Canine. Mm. Which is a bit rubbish. Canine Adventures is is better. At least promises something. Uh, Canine um, Adventures is better because if you type Canine Adventures into YouTube, you just get a lovely YouTube channel about a lady and her dog. Ah, that yeah. sounds great. So that is my recommendation uh, that yeah. you all go watch the Canine Adventures. And in fact, there's a film called Canine Adventures: Legends of the Lost Gold. Which is just, again, it looks like a shameless cash grab trying to tie in with National Treasure and the Mummy, those type of adventure films. Okay. Uh, And it's got the dad character from Gilmore Girls in it. So there you go. Okay. So that's a different canine, though. It's not. Yeah, that's just a dog. Right, okay. Okay. (laughs) Right. Um, So this is episode one of season one, as we've said, from the 31st of October 2009. Yeah. It was in inverted commas, written by Shane Armstrong and S.P. Krause. Yeah. Doesn't even want his full name put to it, because it's that <laughs> upsetting. I, I mean, I say fair play to anyone who can get a writer gig like this. Um, bash this out in a, a, on a Tuesday morning, take the rest of the week off. Yeah. That's the life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> because they, they'd spent no more time on this than that. This is the absolute bare minimum required to fill 25 minutes. This, this, every idea associated with this yeah. could start with 
the phrase, I don't know. So it's like, oh, right, what, what's this TV show? I don't know, it's got kids in it. All right, who are the enemies? Don't know, aliens? Like, how do they get there? Don't know, through a portal or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's absolute junk. It's just, it's, it's just the most root one concepts imaginable. Like, um, what's the setting? Uh, I don't know, it, it's London, but it's slightly in the future. There's more screens and stuff. Yeah. David, like, when, when I was what, 17, yeah. I studied A-level media studies, right? Yes. And you had to submit, like, a filmed piece of work. Yeah. And I put so little effort into my filmed media work that it really soured the relationship I had with my media teacher, who was someone <laughs> I really looked up to, really respected, you know, yeah. but, like... He was so upset at my lack of effort that, like, it really tarnished our relationship. Oh, that's a shame. And that was better than this episode. I I put so much effort into my uh, A-level media studies uh, project, like too much effort. Um, I'm I'm very very glad that I was doing it right at the tail end of um, analog media, so we had to submit it on a VHS tape and I have lost that VHS tape. So, because I, I would, I would like cringe so hard that I would physically implode if I ever had to watch it at this point. But it was such a labor of love for me at the time. Uh, Mine was the opposite. I was like, I'll just bash this out on a Wednesday afternoon, go home, go to the pub. That's what I should have done. to, To be honest, it, 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 the end result probably looked as though I basically had. So yeah. the fact that it, the fact that it took weeks of effort and, and, and consideration doesn't reflect well on me as a person. Uh, but anyway, so we, let's be clear. I, I am acknowledging that making TV is not easy. I sp- and making TV on a very small budget, as this clearly had, is, is even harder. But... But... That doesn't excuse l- lack of effort, and and it feels like they ba- they they basically have no. To make good kids TV, you basically have to not treat it as kids TV. Yeah. But this this very much is like ah, oh, it's just for kids. They won't care. Like there is a disregard for the audience here. I feel like. Um, uh, starting with, why is it set in London? I don't know. Why? Like, it seems to be set in the same London as V for Vendetta. It's like a weird police state. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be. Like, the majority of your cast are Australian. Let them use their own natural accents. And it's set inside a man's house. Why does it yeah. matter what's going on in the outside world? Exactly. Like, like there's no reason why they couldn't have set it in... Um, other than the fact that, I guess... I guess the thing is, Doctor Who is very popular in Australia and is very known as a British thing. And in order to piggyback off the popularity of Doctor Who, I guess they wanted to make it feel as British as possible, but it just doesn't. Like, from a British perspective... Th- there, I will. I will say that the the lead girl, I forget her name, 
her accent is pretty good. So that's the character Georgie. Yeah, I think her her accent is surprisingly good, but I think that's because she's she's probably just watched the Harry Potter films a billion times and has very much based her performance on uh, Emma Watson as Hermione. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong about that. But so that's so the that vibe is I get. Philippa Coulthard. Yeah, she does okay. The rest of them, those they should be ashamed of those accents. Yeah, especially the Cockney one. Oh, yeah. Daniel oh. Webber playing yeah. Darius Pike. Atrocious. Yeah, we're going to talk about him. Don't worry. Yeah. Right. So we open with two shady men ringing a doorbell. Mm-hmm. And it's the doorbell of Professor Alistair Griffin. Who yeah. seems to be playing the character that Robin Williams played in Flubber. Just... I guess. it's It is the most generic off-the-peg uh, mad professor imaginable but he's not even that mad like he's not manic in an entertaining way he's just a bit untidy yeah it's just and, a bit and, weird and if, sad if I use my <laughs> if I use my classic test that I met you at the pub and you said yeah. oh I brought my friend along this is uh, Professor Alistair Griffin like I don't think he tried to do anything that weird but I probably won't come back out with him yeah no he just like I feel like in order to do Mad Professor well, they have to have some energy to them. And also, I feel like... <laughs> there is a real element of I can't be arsed with it, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, and, and on top of that, I also think the actor playing him is too young. Mm. Like, I feel like he needs to be closer to his 50s. But he, he's clearly like a bloke who's like, I don't know, 36? Yeah. And he's just like, his shirt's a bit untucked. that's about it well he gets a delivery from the department yeah and it's from the fallen angel and normally when we watch Doctor Who like we've just talked about Fugitive of the Judoon yeah and it's like oh I work for the division I'll be like alright I'm pretty keen to find out what they are but when it was like this is from the department it's from the fallen angel I could not have given less of a shit David yeah, I mean, again, the department is the most generic. Like, yeah. pick any other word. The foundation or the... Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another one now. The institute. You know, just crack open a thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> there are other options. The department. Like, I work for a department. I mostly, you know, dick about on spreadsheets. It, it <laughs> the department... Not... Does not does not um, like conjure any intrigue as a word. It would not surprise me if in the script the phrase "the department" was written in bold because they intended to change it at a later date. Yes, and they just yeah. couldn't be asked. The, the whole thing reeks of first draft and 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 uh, knocking off early so they can get down the pub. Yeah. So the department wants a full report on this delivery in 24 hours. Great. Interestingly, this just doesn't matter, does it, to the plot? (laughs) It does a little bit, because the department person comes in later and asks for the report. I suppose. That's about it. Yeah. Right, at the same time, we're introduced to a boy. Starky, stark reality. 
Yeah. Oh, David, he's so cool. He's like a Is that moody... what cool looks like these days? Oh, I mean, you say these days, this was 13 years ago. Yeah. And he's just he's just doing some hacking. Just some yeah. hacking. A bit you casual know, hacking, as you do. pressing some buttons on, like... It looks like he's opened the panel on a streetlight and just, like, fiddled with the wires a bit. I love that, I love that like, he's immediately confronted with... He's like, oh, don't you, you know, don't use my real name. But like, your hacker name is basically the same. Yeah. Like, if if your hacker name was <laughs> Dave One Two Three, I'd be like, oh no, that can't be David. It's really thrown a spanner in the works. Yeah. You know that lesser known name Starkey, as if there's hundreds of them running around the streets. <laughs> I've, I've never heard anyone called that before. Yeah. It must be a weird future London name. Yeah. And I'll just say, right off the bat, Starkey, least likeable protagonist for a kid's show ever? He's up there as possibly the worst thing about this episode. Just, there is no... Just a miserable git, isn't he? Yeah, but apparently he's had quite the career. So he's played by a guy called Keegan Joyce. Yeah. Uh, so after this, he was in a couple of like um, Australian TV shows, right? Yeah. Such as Rake. You ever heard of Rake? I haven't heard of Rake, thankfully. What about now? Do you want the most generic title to any TV show ever? Sure, why not? Generic seems to be the name of the game today. Rescue Special Ops. <laughs> Uh, I, I hope there's also uh, an even blander spin-off show, Rescue Regular Ops. Yeah. Uh, but then he seems to have had like a little bit of a musical career. Oh, cool. So he was in Oliver and in like uh, Titanic. Oh, no, that was before sure. this. Uh, so he's been like a, a child actor then, presumably. Yeah, and then he's in the theatre ever since. Look, I'm not knocking the actor. The actor is fine. They're doing what little they can with what they're given. But what I'm saying is the the character as written is just supremely unlikable. Yeah. We are given no reason to give the slightest of shits about him. Hey, but don't forget he's a good guy, David. He wants to make a difference. I mean, yeah, sure. So, like, he Doesn't and George... to be an arse about it. He and Georgie do want to be this, like, the Viva Vendetta Freedom Force, don't they? That, yeah, that, that's the vibe we get. The department seems to be some sort of police state. So, yeah, possibly. robots appear to challenge his hacking. And this is my favourite line of the whole episode, David. Yeah. Too slow, Robo-Fuzz. <laughs> I might get that tattooed on my arm. Oh, uh... Gosh, it's not good, is it? That is no. not good writing. No. <laughs> so, then they run from the robots and escape to the professor's house. Yeah. Uh, they try to hack an already unlocked door, which I think is meant to be a joke. Yeah. Uh, but then once they open the door, they just invite themselves in and have a snoop around. Yeah, why not? Why not, eh? What a pair! What a pair of nosy gits! Yeah, I would. Then the professor's really receptive. Like even though they yeah. like, trash all his work, 
Yeah, it, 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 not just trash his work, literally cost him the opportunity to be reunited with his family who had been, like, stranded in some other dimension or something. He's seconds away from getting them back, then flipping stark reality, bumbles in, unplugs the machine, and, um, yeah, like, just costs him his life work and the and his family. So, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, yeah, don't worry, you can hang out, mate. <laughs> The way that he's totally not bothered makes me think he just wanted his family back as some sort of tax dodge. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, oh, God, I'm going to have to find another way around this. Yeah. That that man, that actor really is doing the absolute bare minimum required of him by this script. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think for also, about... the only non-Australian in the cast, he's a Canadian. Still I... a bad British accent, though. I don't bloody know with this. So, yeah, so he's trying to get his family back. Starkey trips and unplugs the portal machine. Yeah. Okay. And when they turn it back on, it summoned bloody alien turtles instead. Oh, no. We all He he, he accidentally knocked the alien turtle switch instead of the (laughs) family reunion switch. It's easily done. We've all done it, haven't we? (laughs) What a palaver. Okay, and like, I am baffled by the visual effects used for these alien turtles. Well, I, I like the fact that they knew the suits were so bad that even in this scene where they're in a brightly lit room, yeah. They, they just turn the colour right down and the brightness right down. <laughs> so you get, like, the vague outline of a turtle. You never see yeah. one in full detail. No. And there's... I don't know whether this is unique to the version I was watching. I was watching the version that was uploaded on YouTube by, like, the distributor. But it seemed to me like there was, like, a sort of stuttering. Like, mm. there was, like... Like, it, they would... The frame rate was was really low on their movement. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, I feel like it was an attempt to give them a sort of maybe a Ray Harryhausen stop motion quality, but it doesn't work. No. It just makes them really weird and distracting. Yeah. Um, i tell you what, what they, they were so distracting, David, that when Starkey ran away, he ran into the only pole in that whole room. <laughs> That was about two <laughs> foot directly in front of him, but he somehow didn't see him. Ah, uh, yeah. So he's knocked down, and all the yeah. turtles just do a big spew all over him. Yeah. And when all hope was lost, K9 comes through the portal. Hooray! Now, when. This would have been post Sarah Jane Adventures, would it have been? Um. Sort of concurrent. Right, so we can assume... I think Sarah Jane Adventures also debuted in 2009. Um, I'm just looking here. Uh, so yeah, 2000 and... Oh, it was on CBBC from 2007. Oh, right. Uh, and then it moved to BBC One in 2010. Okay, right. Okay. So, when we saw K-9 get his bum stuck in that black hole thing, this must be how he got out, they've zapped him away, and (laughs) that black hole will have consumed half the universe. Presumably, yeah. So, 
All because Bob Baker wanted more money than the BBC were willing to offer to have K-9 in the series regularly. Yeah. Yeah. So K-9 appears and zaps them all. Uh, The humans try to escape, but in another really lazy writing trope, the Doctor can't go outside. This Professor, sorry, because he has agoraphobia. Like, I, I couldn't work that out. He just went, yeah. I can't go out there. I've got a condition. I was like, the only one that makes sense is agoraphobia, so that's what I'm going to say he's got. <laughs> like, it doesn't explain know. it. Like, I is the air it, toxic we, to him? Like, yeah, possibly. Uh, well, it's it's a sort of dystopian future. Maybe there's smog and he's asthmatic or something. I don't know. It was it was a lame excuse. Again, that, that would have been Friday afternoon. We'll just go, yeah. all right, the doctor can't. The professor, sorry, can't go outside. He's got some sort of condition. It's just like, should we, should we just brainstorm that Monday morning? And then by then it was already too late. <laughs> yeah. Okay. K nine self destructs to save them all. Ah, uh, and uh, that's the end of the series. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Yeah, Thanks for tuning in. What yeah. a noble sacrifice. I, I can't remember if you were there, but I I talked about this when I did the live stream with. Yeah. With some other podcasts. Did you know that John Leeson released a cookbook? I didn't. It's called Dog's Dinners, <laughs> obviously, and it's him and K9 on the front eating. Yeah. Yeah. But, but all the recipes are just John Leeson's favourite foods. It's got no tie in. It's not like here. Why don't you try K9's favourite steak or something like that? And uh. Like, uh, we read some of it out on the live show, and it, it was just like, I'm a big fan of salmon. But I like I, I like it with a parsley sauce rather than this, and it's just like, <laughs> all right, John. <laughs> oh, bless him! Though I feel like John Leeson is, is is ultimately a force for good in this world. Let's I, not bash John Leeson. I've loved him much. ever since I bought you that signed copy of K Nine and Company, and yeah. he signed it John Leeson, but then in brackets put K Nine as if we were unsure yeah. who it was. <laughs> He seems like a lovely man in every interview and stuff like that. Just, uh, yeah. Right. So once K-9's blown up, Starkey rescues his heart or his brain or just his little bit of K-9. Yeah. And one of the horrible turtles remains. Oh, no. And then I'll read these notes verbatim because we've alluded to this so far. Yep. The professor's assistant, Pike, is a right wanker. Mm Mm-hmm. And he insists on calling the professor Prof. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I hate it. It's not good. Again, another contender for worst thing about this. Yeah. And he's also, like, unnecessarily, like, leery towards the girl as well. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't sit right with me. No, especially because I'm assuming they're both under the age of consent. (laughs) I mean... Certainly she is. I'm not sure about him. And the target audience will have been. Yeah, so it's not... uh, No, didn't like that. Right. Then, K-9's heart shoots lightning and turns into Super K-9 and goes for a flyabout. Okay. The the redesigned K-9, for me, is the absolute epitome of thanks, I hate it. Like... How... how, with, With 40 years of hindsight... Yeah. How have they managed to design a worse K9? <laughs> it is awful. 
It, it really looks it like look, just it, a cheap toy. It looks like the sort of toy my grandma would have bought me at Christmas. She'd have paid a pound on the market for it. <laughs> and, like, as soon as I took it out of the packaging, like, and tried to put a battery in it, the cheap plastic would crack and it wouldn't work properly. It is yeah. awful. Yeah. Just horrid. Absolutely horrid design. Like, Again, is is that what cool looked like in two thousand and nine? Um, I think it's what um, uh, slightly contentious rights issues look like. So basically, they would have paid a a sum of money to the BBC to have the classic K nine appear for a couple of scenes at the start, and then they go on and do a complete redesign so they can sell their own merch without having to, you know, cough up any, anything to the Beeb. Yeah. Especially because new Super K9 has absolute memory loss. So it's just like, where are yeah. you from? Just, uh, I don't know. Like, the, the, whole, the whole purpose of this episode is to kind of keep any other Doctor Who-related stuff at arm's length so as to avoid treading on any toes and uh, make it as much its own thing as possible. Yeah, because there is a little bit where they're testing his memory and it plays the f- first few notes of the Doctor Who theme. Yeah. Did you, did you spy that? And he was just I like... I didn't, to be honest. It's no, when, when the professor's probing round in K9's memory. Yeah. He, he, like, goes, oh, there might be something here. And it, like, goes, doo-doo-doo. And then, like, <laughs> there's a spark and K9 goes, oh, no, I can't remember anything. No, I missed that gag, to be honest. But, yeah. Right. Mm. Just so crap. Right. Yeah. Starkey is seized by the department... Yeah. And we learned that fallen angels from earlier. So I was yeah. like, what are they? Like, is it going to be something interesting? No, it's just alien tech, isn't it? Stuff that falls off. Like, can, can... So in the next 30 years, instead of the Doctor and Torchwood and everyone mm. hiding all the alien invasions, we've just accepted it now. It just happens yeah. all the time. Can I acknowledge the one thing that did give me a genuine chuckle, even though it's not a new gag? It's a gag I always enjoy, and it's done reasonably well here. When he's being carted off by the uh, robotic police, Starkey's like, no, there were like a- alien turtles. And we had this big fight, like, ask the flying robot dog. And the robot police is like, yeah, they all say that. Yeah. I, it's like, not a new gag, but I feel like they pulled it off reasonably well. It got a little snort out of me, I won't lie. I feel like I should acknowledge that. Just... Comes to something when that's the highlight of your episode, like a like a hoary old chestnut of a gag. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So earlier on, when all the tortoises were sick on Starkey, the spew marks, and turns out these tortoises are called the Jixon. So it marks yeah. their enemies for death. So he's going to be hunted, and they can live up to eight hundred years. So he's going to have a pretty tough time. Yeah, I would just love it if, it, like, all the way through the series at the end of every episode it's just like I oh, yeah, here's the Jixon again and they're just getting a taxi and drive away from it and it's <laughs> like just a running gag that the Jixon never kills him you know like a wily e. Coyote type thing right yeah. uh, Starkey like I say was taken by the department and they've put him into a virtual reality detention prison <laughs> I suppose the Matrix would have been pretty popular back then yeah I was going to say I mean if Zuckerberg has his way, we'll all end up in one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a big white space with cascading text, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, because that's what virtual reality looks like. Yeah. It's certainly not got anything to do with like actually creating virtual environments. No, people just want to be in white, stark rooms with I, cascading. I can't cats. wait till we start recording our podcast in the metaverse. <laughs> like, it's going to be great fun. Yeah. Right. So Georgie hacks into the highest level detention facility. She just puts some sunglasses on and she's there. <laughs> yeah. And her mum thinks she's at ballet. So yeah. Starkey's like, you don't know what suffering is. You do ballet. Ugh. And it's just stupid, isn't it? It is. Right, so the Jixen break into the VR prison to go get Starkey. And they mark yeah. him again. Rather than actually trying to kill him like they should. They just spew upon him again. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Starkey... Returns to the professor's house. I don't know why the professor suddenly accepted this is part of his life. <laughs> he really has just fully embraced it. You like, know, it's, I, been, it's been two days. It's just like, well, yeah. the door's unlocked. Just let yourself in. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to hang out with this robot dog that I've just met and this, this <laughs> these you know. these children that have cost me yeah. <laughs> the hope of finding my family. <laughs> They're my new friends now. Right. Uh, yeah. K9 now thinks Starkey is an alien, but then remembers him. Yeah. Uh, this is where we're introduced to June. Yeah. Who turns up at the professor's house, uh, wants a report on things, and then yeah. she says, oh, have you seen this other thing? It's this robot. And she says, oh, it looks a bit like a dog. It, it's got K9 written in <laughs> massive letters on the side of it. Got a big bone symbol on the front. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I noticed on the Wikipedia article, I don't know that it's acknowledged in this particular episode, turns out that lady is uh, Georgie's mum. Okay. So that's presumably, spoilers everyone, a twist for later in the series, but uh, yeah. Right, well, that puts a whole new spin on things. Yeah, surely does. Right. If the professor doesn't help finding K9, his funding will be cut. Yeah. Uh, Pike and Starkey dislike one another, and K9 gives Starkey a magic dog whistle, mm -hmm. and they all have a joke at K9's expense. Yeah, because K9 st starts like talking about that he's not a dog. He's like a, but, a robot. But that's it. There is yeah. no resolution. What little plot is set up, none yeah. of it comes to any fruition. Like, no. like other than their names, what have we learnt about any character? <sighs> Professor's got a dead family, but he doesn't really care about them. <laughs> uh, Starkey wants to overthrow the government, but does absolutely nothing to achieve this goal. And is just needlessly, like, moody and horrid with everyone he meets. Yeah, like, Georgie kind of says, oh, you know, I, I suffer loads, but, like, she loves ballet and, I don't know, like... Or do, does she love ballet? Well, yeah. She doesn't love ballet. It, classic children's TV where it's like, yeah. parents, parents want me to do this. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then we've got Pike, who we won't even talk about. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, kids deserve better than this. 
Yeah. I, I, I can't even call this entertainment. Yeah. I mean, it puts... It, well, what I will say is it puts Sarah Jane Adventures in perspective, doesn't it? Oh, that, that, that's like Ben-Hur compared to this. <laughs> yeah. And like, if nothing else, that the fact that you've got a genuinely charismatic, well-performed, like, adult pseudo-parent parental figure in Sarah Jane versus the blandest take on absent-minded professor imaginable in the form of uh, whatever that I, guy's name is. Don't, don't forget, Sarah Jane Adventures, they find a boy in a bin and adopt him. That yeah. is a better plot than this. Yeah, and they infiltrate like a, a weird energy drinks company being run by aliens and like there is just just miles more invention going on in that pilot i I know when i'm critical it's usually because i expect better Mm. and you know if well when we decided this week we were watching the pilot of an australian children's tv show my expectations were through the floor david (laughs) and this failed to meet them yeah the one thing the one way in which my expectations were subverted which I forgot to mention earlier, is uh, it was live action. For some reason in my head, I thought it was a cartoon. Really? Yeah, I, I for some reason, when it was being announced that it was being developed, I, in my head, I had it in mind that it was a, an animated series, but <laughs> it evidently isn't. Um, no, I'm good. It's a shame, I think. You probably could have done more with it animated. Like, you could have been more inventive, potentially. But I'm, I'm going to check, because I'm certain... That when this TV show finished, right? So when this finished, yeah. um, I'm certain the rights passed on to somebody. Because I tweeted once when we were watching an episode with K9 in. And we got followed by... Like, oh no, it's the same company. Is it? It's the same people still own it. So, so like I say, it's Bob Mart- It's uh, Bob Baker and his like business partner... Uh, I mean, now, of course, fairly recently, Bob Baker sadly passed away. But right. as a company, they still exist, and apparently he has, like, penned a, a feature-length film script. Well, I, I've just checked. It would have been called Canine Time Quake. Ah, yes, yeah. But then when I've so just on. checked, the account that still does follow us has yeah. deleted all their tweets and all their media, so I'm assuming that project's dead in the water. Uh, probably. Probably. Yeah. If you go K9 yeah. official. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is the official Twitter feed of Bob Baker and Paul Tams. Up to date K9 info. Oh no, that's a different one. Oh, there's two K9 accounts that follow us. Let's see what's up with K9 these days. Uh, sadly, Bob Baker passed away at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I say, I, I was looking on Wikipedia earlier. Apparently, there is there is other stuff in the works that they do want to continue. But look, I think the fundamental flaw, certainly with these attempts from classic Doctor Who writers who own the rights to incidental elements of the Doctor Who universe, is that they vastly overestimate the appeal of those elements when when extracted from the wider context of Doctor Who. They work and are fun and exciting 
because of how they integrate into the wider Doctor Who universe. Does does Bob Baker also own the right to the Axons? Uh, yeah, he probably does. Yeah, yeah. Cause of Axos was written by by Baker and Martin. There was recently K Nine Megabytes, which is a follow up book to this series. Right. Okay. Uh, that features a story with the Axons. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a shame because because like I would love for you who to have a crack at the Axons. They're one of my favourite like one off, classic Who. Uh, monsters and I think you could do really interesting stuff for them in New Who but because the rights are are held within that estate the BBC has to cut a deal with them in order to use them and you know if the asking price is too high they just won't bother because at the end of the day the, the Axons coming back is only going to be exciting for a small proportion of Doctor Who's audience you know, the majority of people watching You Who won't give a shit about the Axons. <laughs> no. No. Um, so, yeah. Look, it's... It's it's not that it's utterly atrocious. It's more or less competent, but it's nothing more than that. And, as I say, kids deserve better. If you want to watch a a slightly younger-oriented Doctor Who spin-off. Sarah Jane Adventures has got you covered. I don't know why anyone would be choosing this over, over yeah. Sarah Jane. I've only seen one episode of Sarah Jane Adventures. I hated the one episode I've seen. Yeah. It is infinitely preferable to this. Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Marty, for picking this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We needed a come down after Fugitive of the uh, Jadoon. Yeah. We were having too much of a good time, weren't we, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We brought, brought down a peg or two. Uh, but anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this, listeners. Uh, we'll have another one of these coming in, uh, you know, three or four weeks' time. Uh, we, we, we're going to have to do these reasonably ad hoc, but certainly by, by the end of the year, we, we're hoping to, to get them all done. Uh, we... Have we firmly decided on what, what the next bonus episode is going to be, Matt? Uh, I don't know. You've got the list. You can choose. I think we should do uh, the Virgin New Adventures novel, Damaged Goods. Okay, let's go for that. Yeah, so uh, dig out a copy of that if you can, listeners, um, and uh, we'll, we'll join you in a few weeks to discuss that. Um, but uh, in the meantime, do tune in next week. We'll be discussing uh, Praxius, and I'm very much looking forward to that one as well. Uh, but until then, as always, thanks for listening, and cheerio. Just to re-emphasise, do not watch this programme. That's my parting um, message. Do not watch this episode. Certainly, if you value your time at all. Yeah. D yeah. Do not. We've you, watched it so got... you don't have to. Do <laughs> not watch this show. Yes. that you, you, you Heed the warning, listeners. Uh, right. Yes. Uh, but anyway, thank you very much and bye-bye. Uh, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com 
and on Twitter we are at Time Nor Space Pod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme. <laughs>